You're listening. You're listening. You're listening. You're listening to Music Biz 101 and more. If you want to learn about the music industry and you don't know where to go, tune in to WP88.7. That's how you wake somebody up at 10.30 or whatever time it is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's actually 1.23. Where you are. So, uh, it's actually 12.23. Where oh, okay. My computer be awake has, has, Nashville, has uh, East Coast time in Nashville, Tennessee. Oh, I'm your professor, David Kirk Phillip. We are Music Biz 101 and more live at Music Biz in Nashville, Tennessee. Here today with... To-do. So it's Toon-Doon, but it's pr- pronounced To-Do. Yes. Like the To-Do list. Exactly. And my To-Do list today was ha- to have an interview with To-Do. Exactly. And here uh, it is. Tope Ojo? Tope, tope Ojo. Tope Ojo. So yes. it's not Spanish, like nope. eyes. What does Ojo mean in... Um, honestly, I couldn't tell you. It doesn't mean I, though. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then you are from... Uh, what, what, you're from uh, Vanderbilt University. I go to Vanderbilt University, yes. And what's your major at Vanderbilt University? Engineering Science. Engineering Science. Yes. Are, is music business at all in there? Why are, why are you here at music um, business? It, um, I originally wanted to go into engineering, uh, realized it wasn't for me, um, did a little bit of soul searching, I guess, and uh, landed on music. I, I've always had a passion for music, so I figured it would be um, you know, a very fulfilling career path for me. Great. So, okay. Yeah. And uh, will it be fulfilling to you today to have this interview with Chris Absolutely. Martiniago? <laughs> Ooh. Is that the it, right, yeah, right? First, first way. I like, a, there we I like go. the effort, too. That Thank you. I gave you all I could. I'm giving you a No, 100%. I appreciate it. I'm and you're the, the director same. of A&R Artists and, <laughs> and Research at Atlantic Records. Yeah, I like it. I like it when it's uh, in French, the French version of it. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> we're <laughs> so authentic. Yeah, rep- <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, when you go and you order a croissant. <laughs> yeah, I, I do that at Starbucks. I go, I'll have the chocolate <laughs> and they'll just look at me. And then they, they're and like, they we need somebody that. who knows CPR. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But Somebody behind you immediately starts doing the Heimlich. Man, I don't want to go to Starbucks with you, man. Yeah, I, know, I know. You'd enjoy it because you get. No, I believe you. It'd be fun. I'll yes. stand outside and watch. That's right. I didn't yeah. say I wouldn't go outside and watch you go to Starbucks. <laughs> I just said I wouldn't go in there with you. That's nice of you. No, one hundred percent. Just make sure things are okay. Yeah, that's, video. <laughs> that's good of you. I appreciate that. <laughs> so to do, uh, what do you? What did you want to know? You you brought Chris in here. Yeah, to do yeah, yeah. We, Chris, by the way, just for our listeners. Um, Chris, you were the assistant with uh, Steve Robertson, mm-hmm. yep. um, but you're not no longer his assistant. I st- I, we still like we still work together, and our team is so small that there are things that I do that you know I would consider I assist Stevo in things. But um, yes, I'm I'm taking on my own projects and like working, t- you know, uh, together on similar like on different projects as like equals in that way, but. He's still my boss, manager in the in the process, but I don't have as much assistant duties as I did before since we've like been expanding. Okay, yeah, because uh, Steve Robertson, for the listener, uh, is 
VP of A&R? Uh, he's actually GM of Atlantic Records, Nashville, Nashville, and SVP of A&R. There we go. Okay. And uh, listen to that podcast. We had him on two years ago. Yeah, it was a good I one. I believe. Yeah, it was. To do. Go! What, yeah, what do you yeah, have? yeah. So um, the thing that initially struck me is I'm actually like super interested in A&R. Um, my main interest in the industry are A&R management and uh, like agent work. Um, how, do you def- how do you refer to that? Like... Like, like agency, like yeah. being an agent. Yeah, um, that's so a good question. A good I way to do it, like being an agent. Being an agent. Yeah. Okay, I've always been wondering that. But anyway, yeah. um, but I want to know, like, what what was your? Um, how did you get started in the industry? I know you were a singer yeah, in a I band. Was a singer in a band, and it kind of was something that you know I didn't really know what A and R was. I you kind of when you first start hearing about it, they're almost like these like mythical creatures that like let you up on success mountain or whatever but that's not at all turns out what it is it's a lot less sexy than Mm. that you know some a&r people will lead you to believe that that's true i think you know the real you know and it looks different for everybody but the way that i learned was from steve-o who had been now at atlantic for over 20 years can i can Um, i stop you are you saying steve-o steve-o yeah like Like, yeah like like, from the show but he's not that it's not the same person right he just happened to get that nickname it's Steve Robertson. Gotcha. So okay. I, I and a lot of people will refer to him as Steve O okay. for the listeners. There's a hyphen um, between the E and the O. Be- no, there actually there is. You don't put the hyphen. No, there. I don't. I don't think he does either. I think he just does like it's more like Stevo. Uh huh. S T E V O. I think the technically. Yeah, I like exactly. It. He's a Nordic, I guess. But um, no, the big thing was you know meeting him and learning about the A&R process at the time. I was managing an artist, and I was like, oh, you know that would be. Um, a big thing that I learned through managing was just how important the songs were and how to make those songs. And up until before I met uh, Steve-O, it was a lot like, oh, like my friend that records stuff, he'll make the records. And then the artists, they, you know, they write their own songs because like, you, you know, if you don't write your own songs, then you're not a you're not legit or whatever. Or legit or whatever. And then you start to learn about all of the different ways that records can be made, and all of the amazing people behind some of your favorite songs, and producers, and writers, and um, players, and all of the people, you know, the engineers, and everything that yeah. like help make these things happen. And c- being able to connect those dots and l- listen to an artist and be like, "What do you want to accomplish?" And to be able to help them realize that in the most like effective way possible, to me is like a big has become a big passion over you know the seven years now. I started as an intern with Steve-O seven years ago. Gotcha. Once I learned what A and R was, I was like, yeah, that sounds cool. I'd love to learn more about it. And I think probably in my first year, he's like, I don't know if you're an A and R person. Hmm. Like it was like, and even me, I was probably like, I don't know if I'm an A and R person, because it was just like. I kind of loved more than just the recording process. Like I loved seeing what happened to my songs after with an artist, like from, um, um, from the agency side of things right. or like publishing and like all of those like areas where things go. So that's where my management brain like kicks in. But it turns out being an A&R person, you can kind of have a skill set that isn't necessarily just like you can be a manager and be an A&R person. You mm. can be an agent and be an A&R person. Like it's not excluded to one place, but A&R is a job. I'm in charge of the artists and repertoire. And then the other part of my job research, I help with um, analyzing data okay. as it pertains to new artists that are coming to the company and that was my foot into the door gotcha. before getting to ultimately what I you know figured out was my passion in A&R which was the 
being a partner in the creative process. Got it. Very cool. Um, so when you're looking into new artists or when you're looking out and discovering an artist, I remember you were, earlier when we were talking, you mentioned to a lot of people how one thing that sets you apart as someone who's interested in AR is your ability to dig deeper and find um, the connections between different artists and different people making music. Um, what, is, what are some things that, that make you know, creative stand out to you? Um, I think it's this like constant like th this mentality of like you know uh, just being just being open and like because to me the artists are the CEOs of like the the the, co the, the company in a way like not mm -hmm. of Atlantic but of their career right right so, and like I'm me signing them isn't me being like all right little one I'm gonna guide you to success mountain or whatever it's more like i'm i've been entrusted with this responsibility to help guide the recording side of what they do help them if they couldn't write the song that helped really break their career before how does that happen does it look like a lot of co-writes does it look like finding the exact perfect person that they can like sit in and really like divulge like their soul to or does it look like hey you know you can write the songs but they weren't being you know you didn't have the right producer mm. or anything like that so um to me i think being open in the work ethic like above all like there are so many bad singers and bad artists like it's all subjective at the end of the day like right. if you can work hard and be smart and open and like be the CEO like that's really what we're doing gotcha. it's like signing CEOs so it's like looking for those quality in artists because there's going to be those moments where nobody knows and the artist has to lead the moment they stop leading it can go down a completely wrong road for them especially mm. so that's the big quality that I look for got you got you um are you what genre of music are you do you mainly work in currently oh man I all right you're all over the board that's a good question because, you know, I, I was born I was born in 1990, so there was still record stores or like more so for me I wasn't really going into like vinyl record stores I was more so going to like the Fyes and like mm -hmm. stuff yeah. like that and it was like, it was almost genre was kind of like put on me by a previous generation and by your hu the human need to categorize things mm. right, um, so. I would go to the place with like my mom and dad and you go in there as a kid. It's so overwhelming. You're like, where do I go? And they're <laughs> like, son, you listen to this music. And then they walk you over to whatever section it was. Depends on who you're with. If I was with my dad, wherever Sonic Youth and Nirvana was oh. or Creed, stuff like that. If I was nice. with my mom, wherever the DVS, the DV, the most diva singer you could find at the time, whether it was Celine Dion, Shania Twain, that was the section we went to. Depended, gotcha. yeah, almost depended entirely on who I was with. Mm. And then as I got older, I got into more like, I started to lean more into like, um, uh, alternative rock and hip-hop cool. um just stuff that like basically starting to be like i don't want to go to the sections my parents went to i want to go to my own section yeah and that's yeah. what it was for a little while um and then eventually um you know with playlists and moods and the way that things are now i'm so much less of a genre person and i'm really like a great voice singing great songs person got you um i was taught that way by steve-o and um looking back at all the things that i loved like shania twain and um creed and all these people it wasn't the, the thing they had in common was that it was a unique voice singing a great song uh, whether you agreed with the, whether you enjoyed the genre or not, that's yeah. what it kind of was for me. So, um, 
that's what I look for now. It's not really genre specific. Um, I do love 90s R&B, um, but I'm a big fan of current pop. I'm a big fan of SoundCloud hip hop. I'm a fan. I'm just like a fan of Travis Scott's record, like Casey Musgraves' Golden Hour. Mm-hmm. It's kind of all over the board, but the thing I think they all have in common is a unique a nice voice, voice singing great songs. Got you, got you. Or at least great production in there too. True. In, in the case of some of the hip hop records that I really love. Definitely. And it's like these days they're uh, genres kind of blend together now. It's 100%. Yeah, it's hard to it's harder to find them anymore. Um, something you mentioned, you're talking about going to like FYE and, you know, looking through, you know, CD stores, um, these days with like Spotify, Apple music, it's so easy to find, you know, new music. It's all over the place. You know, these apps have like platforms for you to like discover weekly. That's like helps you find oh, new yeah. music. Uh, has that like, has that had a major effect on how you go about finding new artists or, um, has that always kind of been a big thing since you've been in A&R? Yeah. Um, it definitely plays a big role, especially because, like, you know, most people, the average listener is kind of, like, again, listening to the things that they, like, love. Sometimes that's a mood playlist, and they, like, listen to that, and that right. drives. It's all algorithmic, so it's driving. Those playlists are created by what you're listening to. My Discover Weekly is extremely weird because, like, there'll just be a thing that I heard about that I go way out of my way to go listen to. And then I'm like, oh, this is pretty cool. I might listen to it for two songs and then move on to yeah. whatever the total other opposite side of it is. Like, um, whether it's listening to like the, the biggest band in New Zealand, like 660, that you wouldn't really hear about in the U.S., to you know um, singers like Alice, Alice France and in, um, in Amsterdam. Um, who you wouldn't know about really and or like not you necessarily but like I haven't heard of them but it's like so my discover weekly looks very like strange and it's not necessarily driven by my taste it's sort of driven by like my habits I see so to me it's like genre is almost like habitual and I think this algorithmic era that we're going into with curation is driving that point home even more about Mm. habits okay okay do you think that's a good thing or I think it's I think it can be, um, I think it can be a good thing as long as there's options for you know like I, I look at companies like Stitch Fix or like these like clothing subscription companies yep. where it's like you know you wear very you you have a style as a, a human you're like I love th- like I love button ups I love tees with like pocket tees or I love um, whatever I'm just describing sh- things that me or you are wearing yeah. right now yeah but um, with music you're like oh sorry my point with those things was that you could kind of choose how adventurous you want to be with the with the algorithm essentially so like i'll get things that i never would have picked out but i'll try on i'm like wow actually this is really good i think music is the same way and as long as music and the services continue to allow for that opportunity i think the vast majority just kind of want to listen have a listening experience where they it doesn't make them want to turn it off but I'm the kind of person that listens, like where it's like stop playing music. You're listening to like 30 seconds of something and moving on. Like you don't really want to sit in a room and listen to me listening to music half the time. But yeah. like I think it's still important to service those people who are trying to discover something that they want to put on and see if they look good in it. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Um, I have a question. Yeah. Just kind of going back because uh, if one looks at your LinkedIn profile, yeah, it's. Actually, in terms of... I don't know what's on there, so let's find out. <laughs> well, you were a stripper in college. Oh, yes. We know that's how you got through. That was and a blurry the, thing. Yeah, but um, the, the pictures on here are pretty interesting. LinkedIn, by the way, does support 
that wholeheartedly. Those Google photos? <laughs> <laughs> Just the photos from those I'm going to Google you, uh, do the images right after. Hopefully oh there boy. are lots of gifts. But, but I'm, lo- I'm looking back at what you, uh, while you were in college, and then um, even since then, you did a ton of stuff. I mean, like if I was a hiring person and I'm looking at you versus I was having a discussion with a student yesterday or on Friday afternoon who's going to be a junior in college. She hasn't had any internships. She hasn't done anything yet. And I was explaining to her to basically be you because you were uh, a Warped Tour volunteer. (laughs) You've worked at uh, Florida Music Festival. You volunteered at South by Southwest. So on your own dime, I mean, you were going to places and just volunteering. Um, you did something at a company called Radio Tag at a- AEG. You were a mm-hmm. runner, yep. um, which actually we should ask about in a second because I don't think anybody listening knows what a runner is. Um, then you have your own management company, which you've had for seven years. Which you can, then all the stuff you've been doing, you interned in Atlantic, and that has turned into a full-time gig. But you've proven that music is in your soul. Um, do you think that helped you, obviously, get your first job in the industry? A hundred percent. And, you know, I think... A misconception too is that you have to have all of this money to make it happen like I mean a- anybody that knows me and especially was with me in those early days and like I don't it's not like I have like you know just money to blow now or anything but like the, you know now I get to fly to South by Southwest and stay in a hotel in the city and like have the luxury of like walking out there but you know seven years ago it was, it looked a lot like me and like eight of our friends packing into a car that fits five people um, and driving from Orlando, Florida to Austin, Texas, because that was what was cheapest. Um, you know, we all split the gas. I think it was like 20 bucks maybe to do that. And then. Um, yeah, everybody, everybody had their seatbelt. <laughs> but um, we went to, and then we stayed at like, you know, a crappy hotel and there was two it was like two beds and eight of us and we would share like there would be like we would just share the bed or the couch and we'd take turns who slept where and you know it was like that the hotel was like a hundred something a night it was outside of the city so we'd caravan and we just found a way to make it happen we weren't like oh we don't have the money for that so we can't do it and like the festival is expensive so we're like let's volunteer let's volunteer the music panels and we had to we just came up with a plan and we did it I think so much of um, being in school um, that is intimidating is you're looking at a river and that's like life and like your career path is your success or whatever is on the other side of the river and I think people think it looks like just jumping, getting so prepared, taking all those steps back, enough steps into it where you're ready to run and jump and make it across the whole thing but more times than none you get swept away in that. I think for me and what my parents taught me being immigrants moving here, um, having no money at all was how important those little steps and successes were. You know, um, putting those stones down in the river, taking step back, going and getting another one and doing it until eventually you could get across it and get to where you wanted to be and being proud of each one of those things along the way was a huge thing that I learned from my, my mom and my dad. I give them credit for and I think that's represented in my resume it's like I'll find a way to have to build value in myself and I don't need somebody to tell me that I'm valuable in that way so with the all those jobs I'm proud of each one of them they weren't all super fun but I learned a lot about myself and what I like to do and what I don't like to do in that process and I encourage any student to do the same thing and there's opportunities now for that 
Got you. Yeah. Like, like you being at Music Biz, which I thought was awesome, by the way, because I didn't know I wanted to do music. I was kind of like you. Mm. Um, even in college, I was pre-med because my parents were like, you got to be a doctor or a lawyer or something like that. Yep. Because we didn't have anything and you should have everything because that's what they wanted for me and I'm sure what they want for you. So it's like um, going, I, I was at the beach all the time. That was my thing. Okay. And then now you're at Music Biz. So it's like you're doing cool things now that are just going to, you know, elevate it. And I'm probably going to be working for you in a few years. It doesn't <laughs> mean you don't have to have always worked in music to do it. There are people who grew up in it, but don't, don't have to. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't. <laughs> Got you. Um, let's see what else. Um, any other tips for people like me, you know, getting started, um, who don't have a lot of experience who are looking for experience. I know for me personally, like this semester I, I spent like, the entire semester when I wasn't, you know, doing schoolwork or whatever, I was sending out applications all over the place, got rejected to 99% of them. Um, what, any advice for like what can make you either stand out or opportunities outside of internships that can be uh, very beneficial for your career? So the biggest thing, especially with living in a city like like Nashville or New York or in L.A. or anywhere that has infrastructure, yeah. is that like most shows, there's going to be somebody from the business at the show, whether it's an A&R person or an agent, agent assistant, uh, promoter, whoever. Like they're, you know, being seen and being present and being a part of the community and finding where you fit in. Like right now, your job is figuring out for you what are your strengths and weaknesses and what do you like to do versus what you don't like to do mm. and just just try some things and some things don't look super obvious like you know i did the showrunner thing which is um at aeg i was um you know there would be bands and the bassist's girlfriend would want a vegan pizza and i'd have to drive like an hour away from the venue to go get it and then bring it back that's what that looked like yeah. but to me it learned a lot i learned a lot about you know, service, um, the the customer service experience, um, band dynamics, like learning. Like I would have never thought that that was something that would have to be dealt with mm. in the music business. And there's just weird things that in the moment you're like, oh, that like what is the showrunner? Like what's me going an hour away to go get a vegan pizza going to really teach me? But you learn a whole lot more than you think in that process. Um, so the biggest advice I'd give to you is just like, go out and try some things like you know identify before you take the position like is there something in here that like I haven't already done or that I'm going to be able to learn this much more about myself even especially if it's not going to be a long-term thing um you know I tried tour managing for like two years with uh, the artists that I managed I uh or for, for two months. I didn't like the experience at all. I learned mm. really quickly, I don't want to be a tour manager. Um, a cool book that I read that kind of outlines all of the different um, jobs, and people call it like the Bible of the music business sometimes. Um, it's like um, Donald Passman's book, like All You Need to Know About the Music Business. Um, if you haven't read it yet, highly recommend you Just do. bought a copy. There you go. So it's like you read that, you learn about the different jobs, like see what interests you and just go for it and um a lot of the jobs you can do without somebody being like you do that now <laughs> you're just like i do that and then you have to just figure out how you're going to do it got you so that's the biggest thing is like not waiting for a company to empower you to do it but rather go and like if you want to be an agent maybe that looks more like you start out by putting on a show at high watt or something and like working with the venue to be like i'm going to be an independent promoter for this and i'm going to sell the show out and doing that over you know and over 
until you catch the attention of an agent assistant or somebody who comes out of the show they're like every time i come to the show it's sold out mm. who's involved in it and it's you and not only is the show sold out but the shows are good you know that shows a lot of things to me that like i think agents would be like stoked to have you come and intern or even skip that step and just move into an agent assistant role or whatever you know yeah uh, that's like i think there's so many things you can do now that Im- um that add value to yourself got you all right we need to wrap it up because it's the short 25 minute but we're still going to say hi so you don't have to pull the microphone okay. away i'm going to say goodbye that's okay cool. so we don't say <laughs> so we say adios but uh, we've had chris martinag martin yagro martin yago martin yago you're doing so well. Martin <laughs> Director of A&R, A&R and Research at Atlantic Records. Thank yep. you very much for being Thank on. You. Hold on. Yeah! Yeah! <laughs> so cool. And uh, to do. So many people Thank you here. so much from Vanderbilt University. Yes, sir. Notice how I skipped over your last name because yeah, I didn't. Very uh, I, 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 <laughs> it was very skipful of me. So thank you very much. This has been Music Biz 101 and more. Music Biz is at Music Biz in the Music City. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you again to Dune for grabbing Chris and pulling him in. It's a pleasure. And for everybody at the end of every show, we don't say hello. You know what we say? And you can repeat with me as we do. We say, Adios! Like Aretha, like a siren, Shalija, and a beauty.